Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Good morning, church. Hey, good to be back with you this morning. Uh, grateful that you've been so faithful, so committed uh, in watching and sharing and keeping up with the services. Uh, I'm just grateful for the technology and the guys that we have to be able to make this happen. So again, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your commitment. I'm really looking forward to getting back together in the house of worship, in the house of prayer, in God's house, all together again, church family, uh, looking forward to handshakes, looking forward to high fives, looking forward to knuckles. And let me go ahead and tell you, I'm looking forward to hugs. And you can hug me as much as you want, as often as you want, and as long as you want, because I need those hugs from my church. I miss those hugs from my church. So grateful uh, to be with you and uh, grateful for the opportunity I have to share the word. So we're continuing that series. I kicked off uh, that series, uh, the series that we're in called He's Not Done. I started that on Easter Sunday. Uh, Basically, there is a uh, story in John chapter 20, the Easter story with Jesus in the tomb. And in verse seven, it says that Jesus, when he was about to walk out of that tomb, because he has risen, he is not there, amen. Uh, he, there was a linen, a cloth that they used to cover his head. And, and, and Jesus folded that napkin and he laid that where he was uh, lying there. And that is a big deal. Uh, that is read over sometimes and, and not really caught in Scripture, not ever noticed in Scripture. And people sometimes don't even understand the significance of that. But, but in that day and time, and even really today as well, a, a wadded up napkin on a place setting means the master or the person eating uh, or that was sitting there is, is done. They're not coming back. But a folded napkin uh, meant that the master may be away, but he's coming back to that meal, to that table. And he's returning. And, and, and know that Jesus folded that napkin for a reason, to remind us that he's not done, he's not finished, he's coming back. And so we've been building this theme or this series off of that text in John chapter 20, verse 7. And so today I want to continue in that, uh, in that setting as well. So we have looked up to this point, we looked at he's not done uh, first, Easter Sunday, we looked at me or you. He's not done with us individually. He's still doing a work in us. He wants us to see something. He wants to say something to us. He wants to reveal something in us. He wants to grow us during this season. And he's not done. He's not done working in your life. And so uh, the napkin is still folded for you and me because he's not done with us. He's still working on us. Uh, secondly, uh, last week we looked at he's not done with relationships. Now we've got a lot of relationships and we'll make a lot of relationships in life uh, throughout our course of life and where God takes us and whether it's high school, college or jobs and 
churches. We'll meet people. We'll have relationships. We'll make relationships. Some will end. Some will continue. And we'll continue to make relationships because we're built for relationships. But but I didn't want to talk specifically about relationships. I wanted to talk about the relationship. And that is that Jesus is not done pursuing each one of us for a personal relationship with him. And that we get that and we receive that personal relationship, not because we're born by God, that's creation, but we're, we're born again by God at salvation. And that is a relationship that he's after. And that's the most important relationship you will ever have. And all other relationships will pale in comparison to that relationship. And all your other relationships will be much better if that relationship, number one, is is, is up to date and, and you have that relationship. And number two, that you're constantly and consistently nurturing that and taking care of that relationship. It'll make all other relationships beautiful. So today... Uh, off of that, uh, I want to talk about two R's, okay? Uh, the two R's that God is not done with is simply this. He's not done reclaiming and he's not done restoring, okay? He's not done reclaiming his kids and he's not done restoring his children, his kids. So I want to look at those two today in, in, in the backdrop of the napkins and the fact that he's not done, he's coming back. So let's look at those. Number one, reclaim or reclaiming. Let's look at the definition of that. To retrieve or to recover, to come back, okay? The claim back, okay? To, to retrieve, to recover, are to claim back, okay? So understand something. He's not done reclaiming his kids. There are people that have, um, last week we talked about a relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? About that relationship or about the relationship. Today, this is, this is more of the people who already feel like or have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You there is there's a time in your life that you have been born again. You have a personal relationship with the Lord, okay? You would just say today if if asked, are you a believer? Are you saved? Are you a Christian? You would say yes to that question, okay? So, but there are people that would answer yes to that question that have drifted away from from the Lord. Okay, their relationship is not where it used to be. They've drifted away from the church. They drifted away from the word. And I want you to know something that God, that Jesus is not done reclaiming those people. Okay, he's not done reclaiming those people. So many times in my life, through the course of ministry, I've met a ton of people. And I meet people from all different backgrounds and all different uh, religious backgrounds and all different places in life. And that's just what I do uh, at restaurants or as I do life is, listen, I've built houses. I've had subcontractors talk to me. I've had tons of people talk to me through sports and coaching and things like that. But I've had many people um, use a phrase that I kind of want to build off of a little bit this morning is, is simply this. I've had men and, and even women say to me, yeah, pastor, I, I, I tried God and he didn't work for me. I, I tried God and, and that didn't work for me. And I, I'm like, I don't understand. What well, You tried God and, and that didn't work. And I've had people say, well, I've tried church and, and that didn't work for me. Or I tried the Bible and that didn't work for me. Well, I just want you to understand something. 
God's not a, a vending machine in the lobby of a, of a college dorm. You, you know, you know, he's not, you don't, you don't, you don't put two quarters in there and, and push D2 and get a snicker. And the other dude comes up behind you and puts two quarters in there and pushes F4 and gets some checks mixed. And then the dude that got the snicker doesn't like his snicker because it's expired because it's been in there forever and it's nasty. And he and he's mad at the vending machine, so he kicks it and he says, dumb machine or stupid machine or I don't like this machine or I'll never do this again. But but as silly as that sounds, there are people that treat God the same way. Can I tell you something? God's not a vending machine. I mean, many people jump in this Christian life and in this thing called Christianity and following the Lord, and they're not in it to, for him to glorify the king. They're in it for themselves. They're in it for what they can get from God. Like a big Santa Claus, you rub his tummy and you gripe when you don't like your gifts and you and you smile and, and, and sing, here comes Santa Claus when you like your gifts. I mean, God's not, that's not God. But some people have treated God that way. And that's sad because God's not a vending machine. And so if you're that person that has a relationship with God, but you drifted away, you said, well, I've tried God and it didn't work for me. I want you to know something. God's chasing you. He's pursuing you. And maybe in this season of pause and wait, you, you, that's, that's, that, that's definitely been on your heart that, 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 that God's not done pursuing you and chasing you and wanting to reclaim you. Uh, another group of people that I meet sometimes is the people that have been in church for a little bit and they're doing well, man. They're rocking and rolling. They're serving. They're reading the word. They're worshiping. They're very committed. They're very faithful. And then there's a group of people that get a hold of them or maybe one person and they begin to share stuff that they think they saw in church or they heard in church or somebody told them about the church. And these people believe this. Their sources are bad, but they don't check the source. They just believe what they hear. And they begin to, um, to, to, to look at the church in a bad way, and they begin to drift off, and their faithfulness, is, they're not as faithful as they used to be, and their commitment's not where it used to be, and they stop serving. They stop giving. They drift away. Why? They, they only do it because their information's bad. They, they drift away, and they assume that, that what man gave them was correct. And, and many times... Uh, th that has led to a massive amounts of problems personally for those individuals and as a family. And so I want you to know maybe you're in that category where you're not where you used to be in your faithfulness and commitment to the church because you believed from some sources uh, that didn't have good information and you've, you've, you've basically made a narrative that you've been kind of walking in about the church. And, and I want you to know something. God's not done reclaiming that either that that's not right, and that's not good for you, and, and, and it shouldn't have happened to you. And you don't need to believe that information. You need to seek after the Lord and pursue Him and hunger after Him. Or maybe there are some people that I'm talking to today that, you know, let's just go ahead and face it. Churches aren't perfect because they're made up of people, and people are sinners at times. And so I want you to know something, that, that maybe you were maybe in a church or maybe even on staff at a church, and maybe church or uh, people at church did something to you that was legitimately wrong and not of God. And it's hurt you and it scarred you and it still has impact on you today. I want you to know something. Um, I'm sorry that happened to you. You know, I'm a senior pastor of a church and I sit in the top chair and there's not any chairs behind me. And sometimes uh, people can get hurt at church and, and I know nothing about it sometimes. People just say stuff to people. And sometimes I'm not going to tell you that every pastor in the world is a man of high character and integrity. 
And maybe some pastors or some staff people have done some people wrong. And so if that happens to be you and you're listening today and you haven't been back to church and you've kind of, you've just kind of bailed on church and, and God and, 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 and everything ever since then, you've used that as your scapegoat, legit, that it is, but that's been your reason that's kept you from church. I just want you to know something. God's not done reclaiming you. He's not. He's not finished with what he's doing in your life. And I'm sorry that the church or people in the church hurt you, but that's not God. Please don't view that as God, okay? That's people doing that. That's man doing that. And so God God is not done redeeming his kids. He's not. He's not done reclaiming them and bringing them back into the fold. And so today, if you're listening in church and following the Lord and getting in the word and worshiping, you used to be so on fire, so committed to the church, so uh, just active in the church and giving your life to church, and you've drifted because of stuff. I just want you to know that stuff's not worthy of separating you from that relationship with God and being all that God wants you to be. I want you to look at a couple of scriptures um, this morning. I want you to go to Philippians 2.13. Philippians 2.13. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It is God that works in you to will you, okay? God is working in your life. And what God started in you, he's not done with. He still wants to reclaim that and finish it. Right before that, in Philippians 1, 6, a pretty familiar scripture to many of us. I want you to listen to this word. This is Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this, that he, that be Jesus, who began a good work in you, will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Can I say something to you? For those of you who've been hurt in church, been hurt by church, uh, had information given to you that you have uh, pretty much taken as the gospel and basically chunked the gospel in the trash and took what man said about church and staff and pastors and you wrote the church off. Or um, maybe maybe for, for, for some of you, you, you've done the, I've tried God or I've tried the church and it didn't work for me. I just want you to know something. God has started and did and has written a great script for your life. He, he's got a plan for you much bigger than you could ever think or imagine. And when you're not involved in the plan that God has for your life, God's kingdom is suffering. God's church suffers. So we need you to understand if that is you, that the napkin is not wadded. He's not done with you, okay, or with the call in your life. The napkin is still folded. He's not finished, he's not done, he is returning, and he is all about reclaiming you. And what he written on your heart, what he's written on your heart is still true today. So don't let man or something the church did or something religion has done keeping you from all that God has for you because your God, your King, Jesus, is not done reclaiming his kids today. Number two, he wants to restore you. He's about restoring people. He's not only about reclaiming people, he's about restoring people, okay? Here's the definition of restore. To return to its former condition and place or position. To return to its former condition, 
okay, to its place, all right, or to its position. If you're not, um, if, if, if you're not where you need to be, you're not in the position he made for you to be. He made you a king's kid. He made you his jewel. He has a plan for your life. He's ready. He wants to restore what he written, what he has written in your, in your, in your life and in your heart. The, this word restore, it appears 136 times in scripture. 136 times. He talks about restoring his people. Okay. His kids. Okay. Listen to this scripture. Jeremiah 30, uh, verse 17. For I will restore health to you. And your wombs, I, I will heal, declares the Lord. I will restore your health. Understand something. God is a restorer. That's all he came to do is restore. He restored relationships. He wants to reclaim people. He wants to restore people. He wants to heal your hurts, your wombs, whether they came from church, whether they came from man, whether they came from wherever. He wants to heal those. And not only does he want to heal those, he can and will heal, the, heal those because why? Because his name is healer. Because his name's healer. He wants to restore that. He wants to, to heal those wounds in you. Okay? Look at, listen to Psalm 51 12. Psalm 51 12 says this Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Maybe you're today. You're sitting here in this pause. We've kind of been in this pause or this, uh, you know, quarantine for about a month. And, and, and maybe in this time, you've lost a little joy because of this crazy weirdness that we've been in, okay? Um, maybe you need a little joy jumpstart. Maybe you need God to rejuvenate a little joy in you, put a little, put a little hop in your walk, a little skip in your walk, a little song in you, a little hum in you. And maybe your song, you're not singing it. Maybe you're not singing it anymore because you've lost your joy. I just want you to know something. You need to go to the source, to the well, to the man named Jesus. And he said, his well never runs dry. So he'll put a little joy in your honey and he'll put a little hop in your walk. He'll put a little snap in you and you start being joyful because joy comes from where? From the Lord, okay? It doesn't come from the world. The world can make you happy with happenings, but joy, joy comes from the inside. It comes from the Lord and he wants to make you joyful. So God wants to restore. Let's look at some things he wants to restore. Number one, he wants to restore physical health. Don't ever underestimate the fact that God wants to restore physical health to you. Okay. Never stop asking. Never stop believing. Never stop declaring that. Never stop speaking that over you. God is a healer, period. It doesn't matter what you think or say. God is a healer. That's all he does is heal. And if you have a physical ailment that is constantly keeping you from being all that God wants you to be, he wants to restore the health. He wants to. He wants to. So don't be afraid to ask and be bold enough to ask. And don't ask with unbelief, ask with belief, okay? Because he wants and can heal you physically. Mentally, he wants to restore mental health, okay? Let me tell you, there's some people going through this stuff, man. Mental health is going to be a big deal, big deal. There is no better doctor than Jesus, nobody. Nobody can mentally make you right than Jesus Christ himself. The Holy Spirit is the greatest counselor ever, 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 ever. There are There is nobody that's a better counselor and nobody a better doctor than Jesus, okay? Mental health is a big deal because 
Romans 12 tells us, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, by the renewing of your minds, let me say something to you. You've got to renew your mind daily because if you don't renew your mind daily, there's a bunch of junk out there you're going to start believing, living, and walking in, okay? So mentally, you've got to renew your mind daily in the Word and in His presence and in worship. Let Him heal you, restore you mentally. Third, emotional health. Lord, help, people are gonna need emotional help, okay? Maybe you're more fearful than you thought you would be. Maybe you're more scared than you thought you would be. Maybe you're more anxious than you thought you would be. Maybe you're, um, maybe you're a little more jumpy. Maybe you're not sleeping good. Maybe you're real concerned about the future. Maybe it's an economic concern. Maybe it's just a health concern. Maybe it's a safety concern. Maybe you're concerned for your children. Maybe you're concerned for, for work or for, for school or whatever the case may be. There, there's some emotional stuff that's, that's making you uneasy. Listen to me. You need to go get peace. And peace comes only from Jesus. Don't, don't understand something. He wants to restore that, okay? He's the restorer of the peace that, that, that passes all understanding, okay? He, the world can't give peace. Only Jesus can give peace. Listen to me. He's about restoring. The napkin's not wadded up. It's folded. He's not done. He's still in the business of restoring mental health and emotional health. And if you need emotional health in you, you need an emotional healing in you, go to Jesus. Dr. Jesus will take care of that, okay? You can talk to him if you can't talk to nobody else and you can just lay out there, God, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a lot more fearful about this whole thing than I thought I would be. And I'm a little embarrassed to tell you because I thought I was a lot further along than what I am. But I'm not, I'm scared, I'm, I'm fearful. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm listening to that stuff. I'm, I'm making decisions out of fear and I'm sorry. And, and, and you, need to, you need to ask him to heal that and restore that in you and he will do that. Spiritual health. Uh, in this month that we've been kind of locked down and quarantined and, and, and sheltered in place, for some of you, you thought, well, I'm going to have all this time, man. I'm going to read the Word. I'm going to read this book. and I'm going to read this chapter. And I'm going to memorize this scripture. And you started off great, but man, you fell off the bike. You're not doing it. You ain't been in the Word. You're not growing. You're, spiritually, you're not where you need to be right now. You started off pretty good. You were cashing in on this time. God slowed you down. He stopped you. He uh, He gave you a pause. And, and, and But lately, the last week or two, you, you've not really done much with that. And so God can restore that, okay? Let God restore that. He wants to restore that, okay? So let God restore you spiritually where you need to be and, and, and take you where you didn't think you could ever be, Okay? And last, let me say this about restoring. He wants to restore you in the area of your past. You know, it's funny when I meet people, um, we've all got past, amen? We've all got stuff in the past. And, and a big question is, is have you dealt with your past? Have you made peace with your past? Have you forgiven your uh, people in your past or yourself for your past? And many people say, oh yeah, I'm great, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing wrong with me, pastor, I'm doing great. Well, the reason they're doing so great is they're so busy during life, chasing, running, staying busy, that they outrun their past. They don't even have to deal with it. They're so far out ahead of their past, they don't even have to worry about it. It's in the rearview mirror and they can't even see it. But uh-oh, God stopped that. I'm not busy anymore. I'm not. I'm not busy. I'm not chasing. I don't have a lot to do. All of a sudden, I stopped and my past like, mm, it caught you. And it knocked on your door and it came in. 
been there too long, staying too long, starting to whisper to you, starting to tell you who you used to be, tell you're not over it yet, remind you a whole bunch of stuff about where you used to be and what you used to be and all this other stuff. And it's starting to have an impact on you. And you, and, and, and for some of you, you need to open a door and kick your path back out. It's not welcome, man. And for some of us, it's in the area of forgiveness. Uh, we, we thought we'd forgiven some stuff in our past, but it creeped back and it resonated in us and it's, and it's resurrected some feelings. And we thought, man, I thought, I didn't know I had those anymore. I thought they were gone. And so maybe God's doing that. I want you to know something. God can heal you and restore you from your past. Okay. He can restore you from all that past junk. Okay. I want you to look at a scripture. Go to first John with me. Uh, first John. This is verse eight and nine. First John one, verse eight and nine. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Can, can I say something to you? Some of you read that and you're like, good, I'm not, I'm not sinning. Unforgiveness is a sin. Unforgiveness of yourself is a sin, okay? If you haven't forgiven yourself, really forgiven yourself, then guess what? You're deceived. You're deceived and the truth's not in you. How are you gonna walk in the truth if you're still deceiving yourself? Forgive yourself. Let yourself go. Don't stay so busy running from all that junk that you thought it didn't have an effect on you. And now that God stopped you and slowed you down and, and quarantined you and locked you at your house, now you passed and all that unforgiveness caught up with you. And now you have to deal with it. Deal with it. Don't waste this opportunity to deal with that. Okay. Verse nine says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is a forgiver. He'll make it white as snow, far as the east is from the west. He'll forgive you with the blood. You are covered in the blood, washed in the blood. You are made whole again. If he makes you whole and forgives you and sets you free, you're free indeed, amen? Do not, do not live in your unforgiveness in your past when you've been redeemed and set free from it. If he restored you, he restored you. Don't sing a song that he's already done, okay? He's done that. That's not who you were. Sing the song you are. Sing that song today. I want you to look at one more scripture. Look at Galatians. Galatians chapter two, verse 20. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. Because when you talk about First John passage and when you talk about forgiveness of sin and past and, and all that junk, there, there, there's one key word. It's called repent. You got to repent of that junk and turn from it, okay? But when you repent of that junk and return from it and turn from it, what are you returning to? It, repentance is, is, is laying that down, okay? Repenting of it. And then you got to surrender that to the king or surrender yourself to him, okay? So I want you to listen to, to Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God, who gave me life. What, I have been crucified with Christ. I have a daily funeral. I die to who? Me. I died of what I used to be, and I walk in who I am today, in my right position, in my right place that the Father, the King Jesus says I am. 
I am not who I once was. I am who I am now on this side of the, of the cross. I have been forgiven. And if you have failed after salvation and sinned and made mistakes, you confess those sins. You repent from those and you turn from that junk and you walk towards him and you walk a life new in faith in the one who set you free, okay? God wants to reclaim you. He does. He wants to reclaim you. Why does he want to reclaim you? Here's the reason he wants to reclaim you is because his name's on the line. See, you bear his name. I bear his name. Yeah, my name is Jeff, but I'm a born-again child of the king, bought by the blood, redeemed, and I'm a new creation in Christ. When I go out there and live a life that does not exemplify Christ, who am I dragging out there? I'm dragging him out there. And he, I've been redeemed out of that. I've been reclaimed out of that. So if that's you, he wants to reclaim you, okay? He wants to bring you back because why? You bear his name. You're his kid, okay? And some of you need reclaimed, okay, to do this thing called God again, okay? Do this thing called church again, this thing called Bible again. Why? Because the first time you did this, you tried God, it was all about you. If you're honest, it was just all about you. It was what you could get out of it. You just wanted to do it because this is what you wanted to do. It didn't have anything with you to do about surrendering, about being what God wanted you to be. You just wanted to do it because people that were doing it seemed to have a better life. So you said, well, I'll try that. Well, it didn't work for you, so you got mad and kicked the vending machine. Listen to me. This ain't about you. This ain't about me. It's about the king. It's about him. I got to die to myself to live the life he wants me to live. So let him reclaim you to be all that God wants you to be and get you out of the way, okay? God wants to restore you also. No, I just want to reclaim you, but he wants to restore you. He wants to restore you where? To your right position. You're joint heirs with God, okay? You're a king's kid. You bear his name, okay? Listen to me. You, you are his child. He doesn't want a sick child, a mentally messed up child. He doesn't want an emotional messed up child. He doesn't want a spiritual messed up child. And he sure doesn't want his child walking around in his past and not forgiveness, Okay? He has set you free from all that junk. Let him set you free and restore you and put you in your right position. And then you live out of that position and out of that authority that you have as a king's kid. And your worship will have power. Your word will have power. Your prayer will have power. And your life will have power. Why? Because you have power. Not necessarily because you have power, but the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the one living in you and walking through you and living through you. So let him restore you to your right position and you can magnify the king like you've never magnified him before. God's not done. Jesus isn't done. When he stood up from the tomb, he didn't have a wadded up napkin saying, I'm done, not coming back, and all you are is stuck where you are, stuck. No, your king is risen. He folded his napkin. He says, I'm not done. I'm coming back and I'm not done working in your life. I'm still working to reclaim those who drifted away from me and he wants to draw you back. And all those who've been wounded and hurt and, 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 and not in the position they need to be in, he wants to restore those people too because he's not done. He's still reclaiming and he's still restoring for the magnitude and, and, and the exalting of the kingdom of God. So let him do it in you. Let him do it through you, okay? And you'll love it, okay? I love you. Thanks for viewing. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. Thank you for all that you did on that cross, God. You set us free. When they put you in that tomb, you told them ahead of time. And on the third day, 
I'm out of here. And on the third day, you were out of here. You're risen. You're not there. You've been, you've been redeemed. You've been resurrected. And so have we. And so God, because we're King's kids, because we've been joint heirs with you, because we have a position with you, because we've accepted you as our Savior and Lord, uh, you want to reclaim us if we drifted away. So God, I pray that we would come back to you. Okay. We'd come back to you. And God, you want to restore us from everything. Okay. And you want us to take our right position again, a right seat again. So God, I'm asking, Father, for those listening, if that is, if that is you, if you need to be reclaimed back to the kingdom, if you need to be restored back to your right position, that you would do that. Because our Jesus did not wad a napkin. He folded a napkin and he is not done. He's not finished. He's not uh, done working in your life. Allow him to work for his glory, for his honor. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We adore you. We magnify you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.